I'm looking at a map, tracing the coordinates and directions I've been sent with my finger. On the table next to me is a bag of microphones and a small recorder. I feel like a treasure hunter. I feel like a kid. And I'm going to see if I can hear what another kid heard over 40 years ago. I've travelled to a rather unremarkable looking moor on the edge of Derbyshire. There's some weather coming in. I can see thunderclouds and it's starting to rain. It's both gloomy and glowing. I'm here to meet Mark Cocker, whose enthusiasm over the phone had been infectious. Mark is a best-selling author, naturalist and environmental activist. I would have just driven past this. Yeah. Simon? Why is it? It's such a rich vocal landscape. Yeah, right? yeah. It's extraordinary. I mean, this is... These are the sorts of sounds that I would take for granted 40, 50 years ago as part of this landscape. It's now become extremely unusual. So snipe has declined massively. I think it's about 60 or 70%. Curly's 50-odd percent. Lapwing's 55%. But, but this is exactly what these waders love, which is this, it's called white moor, and it's these fields here full of rushes, uh, and it's, sem it's unimproved upland grazing, mainly by cattle, that's the other important thing. And it's still a really, really fantastic upland environment. Mark seems illuminated by a felt connection with the natural world. The book that drew me to him was his Birds and People, an epic historical panorama of our cultural connections to birds. So when I was 13, I used to go up onto the moors above our house, and um, I used to watch these displaying shorted owls, which probably have the most eloquent, balletic flight of almost any land bird in Britain, and I just was entranced by the sight of them. But there's rather wonderful sounds here. Lovely snide. So this is where the podcast series takes off. My name's Jack McNeil, and you're listening to Propellers Flight. Flight explores the worlds of birds, soundscape ecology, and music. Soundscape ecology is a relatively new science, concerned with listening to the health of the planet, our environment and each other. I'm a clarinetist, a composer, and a maker. So why have I started here with birds? Well, in that extraordinary spring of 2020, when the world's ears and eyes were turned to nature, my own childhood fascination with birds was rekindled. As a freelance musician in lockdown, with a diary literally wiped clean, I decided to take the opportunity to think about the kind of music I wanted to make, and why. And how my ensemble propeller, who you're listening to right now, could become the engine room for exploring these ideas. Learning about the science of soundscape at this time gave all of these things a focus. On one particular spring evening in 2020, myself and my wife were sitting, watching three tawny owlets branching out from the wood near to where we were living in Cumbria. As one of them landed at the base of a tree, a hare appeared from nowhere and attacked the owl. We found some thick leather gloves and helped the bird to right itself, encouraging it back under the cover of the wood 
We knew there were buzzards and foxes around that would have surely shown an interest, and the parent owls will continue to feed them on the ground if they're left alone. Over the next weeks, we watched it get its strength back, and it was soon branching out again with its two siblings. following spring, we're lucky to be new parents ourselves. The memory of the owlet coming back to me as I hold our daughter in the crook of my arm. Owls have mastered their soundscape in many ways. Their hunting wings, for example, make noise below the hearing threshold of their prey. And their incredible calls to one another had literally encircled our lives for the last year. Now, I'm listening to the noises that she is making, trying to decipher meanings that feel as old as the birds themselves. I mean, the landscape that forms you, you never lose it, it's always important to you. And what's been interesting for me to discover is that it still has all its potency for me. I'm back on the moor with Mark Cocker. When I was a child, I felt that I couldn't wait to leave. Um, and I'm intrigued to find that it still holds this kind of captivating hold on my imagination, I suppose, is what I, I'd say, you know, it still entrances me. And I mean, this sort of place with breeding shorted owls, singing snipe, curlews, golden plover, ringoozles migrating through this valley, golden plovers and willow warblers, you know, it's, it's, the, it's the landscape that founded my interest in wildlife. The one downside is the rain. It's a very wet landscape, but not as wet as Kendall, probably. Mark's right. Kendall, in Cumbria, where I live, it's not called the old grey town for nothing. In our early conversations... Mark chose three birds that would help us explore the different parts of the sound environment. And these migrants, which we chose after careful consideration, are amongst, in some ways, the most remarkable and also very interesting because they're actually quite ordinary migrants in some ways. The three birds that we focus on in flight make incredible migrations and somehow find themselves within 20 miles of where I live at different times of the year. I mean, willow warbler is probably still the most abundant northern migrant species across the whole of Eurasia. Swifts may number 100 million across the world. And bartail godwits, you can see them on any, on any coastline in England, so, or Scotland. They humble us. They put in proportion our sense, our own sense of physical stamina and, and achievement. They shrink the world and expand it also. I mean, they encapsulate the wholeness of the world. And, and, and of course, that's one of the central ideas of my work. And it's a central idea of science, that this is all connected. 
and it brings into focus the kinds of challenges which we face, which our politics is now full of. You know, if we think about climate change, these are problems of of misunderstanding the connectedness of the world. That the carving of a of an iceberg in Antarctica is related to the pothering smoke pouring out of a chimney in Bradford or in Beijing. You know, this is a, a single world. Over the course of the series, we'll be looking at soundscape ecology in more depth, exploring the different parts of it, and how the soundscape affects our everyday lives, whether you're listening to it or not. And Propeller, the 12-piece musical engine room of flight, are going to be exploring different ways of making music. We'll be using text score, audio scoring, graphic scoring, and improvisation, as we try to connect some of the dots communicating the space between the birds of our imaginations and the science of our times. Throughout Flight, you'll hear from a wonderful collection of expert writers, soundscape ecologists and musicians. And we'll be following these three birds. The swift, the willow warbler, and the bar-tailed godwit. On their incredible migrations, they help to open up ideas of connection for all of us. I hope you'll feel invited to come on this journey with us. This is Flight. A massive thanks to all of our contributors. Flight is a propeller production made with support from Arts Council England, our wonderful Kickstarter community, and Brewery Arts in Kendall, Cumbria. Written and produced by Jack McNeil, with dramaturgical support from Annie Rigby. It was recorded remotely by the band, with additional improvised material from Propeller and Leafcutter John. It's mixed and mastered by Cameron Malcolm. And if you'd like to support the work Propeller make, then please think about sharing flight with anyone else you know might be interested. Thanks for listening.